0: download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Banks St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Good
1: evening folks. Lovely to see you all here this evening for our carol service. Um, I just love this time of year, this festive feeling and it's great to be together to just stop for a moment and reflect on what Christmas is all about and what it means to us. So if this is your first time here, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to you all on behalf of Delancey. Shall we pray together before we start? Father God, we just thank you for this Christmas time. Lord, we thank you that we can gather here this evening just to cast our minds to you to be thankful for all that we have and all the blessings that you have given us. And Lord, most importantly, to thank you for the gift of your Son at Christmas time. So Father God, I pray that this evening we might be able to glorify you, to worship you and lift your name on high. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Isaiah 9 The people walking in darkness
1: have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For For to us a child is born, to us a son is
0: given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen.
1: The Meeting Place by Christopher Pilling. It was the arrival of the kings that caught us unawares. We'd looked in on the woman in the barn. Curiosity, you could call it. Something to do on a cold winter's night. We'd wished her well. That was the best we could do. She was in pain. And the next thing we knew, she was lying on the straw. The little there was of it. And there was a baby in her arms. It was, as I say, the kings that caught us unawares. Women have babies every other day. Not that we are there. Let's call it a common occurrence, though. Giving birth. But kings, appearing in a stable, with a, is this the place? And kneeling, each with his gift held out towards the child. They didn't even notice us. Their robes trailed on the floor, rich, lined robes that money couldn't buy. What must this child be to bring kings from distant lands with costly incense and gold? And what were we to make of was it angels falling through the air, entwined and falling as if from the rafters to where the gaze of the kings met the child's, assuming the child could see? What would the mother do with the gifts? What would become of the child? And will never admit there are angels or that somewhere between one man's eyes and another's is a holy place, a space where a king could be at one with a naked child at one with an astonished
0: soldier. The Shepherds, Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Wise Men, Matthew
2: Chapter 2 After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod,
1: Okay, this reading is taken from um, John chapter 1. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. What makes Christmas Christmas? Holly Willoughby asks us this year in the M&S Christmas advert, Apparently, according to m and we must have lights, we must have music, we must have parties and sleep, we must have in-laws to impress and a little bit of Bridget Jones, we must have gift envy. But actually, it says, maybe all you really need is a little bit of magic and a whole lot of sparkle. For the must-haves that make Christmas, M&S. It's been a bit of a theme this year with me in adverts, but if you haven't seen it, that's the m and one. For the must-haves that make Christmas, M&S. But what would your list of Christmas must-haves be? If you had to think about what makes Christmas Christmas for you, what would be your list? So I was having a little think myself, and I was thinking, well, what do I have to have to make Christmas Christmas for me? Well, I think it would have to be the Radio Times. Okay? I have to have the Radio Times at Christmas. No other time of the year do I ever consult a paper TV guide. Ever. But somehow, at Christmas, you just need a Radio Times, don't you? Yes? And you circle all of the different programs that you want to watch and then you usually miss them if you're anything like me. But I need a Radio Times. Also... Christmas, for me, I have to have the snowman, the cartoon, movie, whatever, the snowman. Christmas Eve, we always see the snowman on television. And for me, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas if I didn't watch that. It's a bit of a tradition. I've got to have Christmas pudding. Christmas without Christmas pudding just wouldn't be the same. And for those of you who don't do Christmas pudding, well, I might have to ask you to leave well I won't I <laughs> and if you do have Christmas pudding but oh, you don't along the there. did you? is it a good one? I some nice Christmas pudding there. well that's where I need to go you see I'm missing oh, out there he is. Yeah, the <laughs> very good I'll bear that in mind but Christmas pudding for me is a must and uh, like I said if you, don't, if you don't like Christmas pudding, then, well, uh, I, question, <laughs> I question you. But anyway, um, Christmas, for me, has to be about the themed wrapping. Now, I just have a little bit of a thing about Christmas wrapping, and every year I like to theme my Christmas wrapping. Um, this year I've decided on glitzy Pink and Brown. Now, it might not sound great, but trust me, it does look okay. <laughs> So that's my Christmas wrapping for this year. And when I was young, I don't do this anymore, but Christmas wasn't Christmas without our annual family sing-along. We used to all gather around the Christmas tree and we would sing Christmas carols. I'd play the piano and the rest of the family would sing. And um, then I would always finish this very special holy moment with a rendition of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Of course. You have to, it's Christmas. But Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without Jesus. We could, of course, celebrate the winter solstice, which is celebrated about this time of year, and it was celebrated much before Jesus' birth, so we could celebrate that. And we could, of course, celebrate the festive time of joy and love and hope and family, but actually, we couldn't celebrate the true idea of Christmas, as in Christ's Mass without Jesus. So for me, Christmas has to be about that. So what would we see at the very first Christmas if we could pull back the curtain of time? What would we see, just like those children were saying? God looking down over heaven's balcony, looking down to earth saying, oh man, this isn't quite what I had in mind when I created earth. I feel so far away from my kids down there. It's time. Time for us to step in. What an outstanding, remarkable idea. God decides to come to earth as a human, to take on flesh, to be incarnate. No other God in any other religion has done this in this way, to come down to live amongst his people as a human being, living amongst us as one of us. Now, I mentioned this morning, and if you were here, you would have heard me say that if I had been God, I think I would have chosen a little different route. Okay? If I had been God, I would have come down in a slightly different manner. I perhaps would have descended from the heavenlies in some sort of flash style, making my presence known, maybe chosen a bit of a glamorous mansion or a palace to live in. I probably want some fame and fortune to go along with it as well. As the video said, a strong, powerful person born to a great ruler. But oh no, God chooses to be born as a baby, to a peasant girl, into a peasant home, placed in a manger. The prince of heaven in disguise. Well, we wouldn't be expecting that. The question, of course, that the the angels asked was, how will people know he's there? What if they don't notice him? But God says to them, those who are looking will find him. His mission will bring all people, all of us, closer to God. Even if we do something really wrong, when the prince is done, nothing will get between us and his love. The prince of heaven will help earth to be close to God again. The prince of heaven, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We will see God revealed when we look at Jesus. And in the Gospel of Luke that was read this evening in chapter 2 of Luke, we heard that the angel visited the shepherds and they said, I bring you good news. The good news was that the baby had been born. It was a declaration of what had happened, of what had just taken place. Not of what was going to happen, but what had happened. You know that feeling you get when somebody brings you good news? I love it when somebody starts a sentence and says, I've got some good news, and you're thinking, fabulous, great, just what I want to hear, some good news. And on this night, when the angels visited the shepherds, they said, I've got good news, not just good advice, but I've got some good news. David Martin Lloyd-Jones, he's a Protestant minister. He makes this great distinction about the gospel. That it's not just good advice, good advice being counsel about something to do that hasn't happened yet. But it's actually good news. A report about something that has already happened and all we can do is respond to it. He says to imagine this. A king goes to battle to fight an invading army to defend his land. If he defeats the invading army, he sends messengers back to the town with a report, it's all been done, the battle's been won, you can have a victory shout, respond with joy. But if the king goes to battle and does not defeat the invading army, he's going to send military advisors with the report, guys, we need help. You're going to need to fight for your life. You're going to need to fight to survive. We need your help in this. But the king who reports the good news about winning the battle creates a response of joy in the land. The king who loses the battle to the invading army sends back the message to fight for your life, which warrants fear. What I love about Christianity is that it isn't a religion that sends military advises to people, Not a religion sending advice. It's not saying, here are the laws and the regulations. If you want salvation, you've got to fight for your life, giving good advice on how to do it. But rather, Christianity sends heralds and messengers, not military advisors, which creates a great response of joy that our salvation has actually been accomplished for us. And in this in response to a message like that, probably all we'll want to do is please the one that did it for us. Christmas is about the message that you don't have to save yourself, that God came to save you. And what the Incarnation reveals to us, what God coming to earth is all about, is this, it's salvation. It's not advice. It's not something we have to struggle with and and jump through hoops to obtain. Jesus didn't come to show us what to do to be saved, but he came to say this, I am spiritual reality itself. You couldn't come up to me, therefore I've come down to you. And that's good news. The nativity story is far more than just a, just a story with a moral message. It's not just telling us how we should live and how we should follow Christ's example. That is part of it and that's great. But the nativity account is actually telling us not what to do, but what God has done. Because the birth of Christ, of course, foreshadows the death of Christ. Jesus came to take our place on the cross and here in this room tonight we might hold very different beliefs about religion different beliefs about God and Jesus and that's okay but if God is real then I think this Christmas story really does need some thinking about does need some questioning I believe that God is pure holiness but I think that God is all accepting and all embracing as well Some people may just think he's one or the other. But I was saying this the other day, that I think actually, biblically, we see that he's both. Why? Because if God was just pure holiness, then he wouldn't have come down to earth as a baby. He wouldn't have done that. He would have just said to us, you've got to work at your salvation, you've got to try your best, you've got to do it on your own, and I'm not going to help you. have got to be righteous by your own efforts. But if God was just all accepting and all embracing and nothing mattered to him, then he probably wouldn't have bothered coming to earth either because he would have just overlooked everything that we did that was wrong and just embraced us. I think the biblical God is both of these things. Utterly holy and perfect. But all embracing and all accepting as well and all loving. You see, he couldn't just let our mistakes, the things that we do wrong. He couldn't just ignore all of that because he is so perfect and holy. So what did he do? He came down to deal with it. He came in the the form of a tiny baby to grow up as a man, to go to the cross, to take the penalty for us, really, for all the things that we do wrong, all the mistakes we make. We deserve that. But actually, he said, you know what? Because I love you, I'll come down. I'll come down and I'll, and I'll do it for you. Because he is all accepting and all embracing and all forgiving and loves us. He came down. He doesn't tell us how to save ourselves, he actually came down to save us himself. And that's why I'm so excited about Christmas. Because beyond the presents, the parties, the champagne, the food, I believe there's good news to be celebrating. Really good news. That God came down, incarnate, in flesh, to dwell amongst us, to save us. Sometimes we can get caught up thinking that religion is about trying to be this type of person. It's all about our efforts. But actually God says, I've done it for you. I love you. This Christmas you may not have been expecting to hear... This news, Just like the shepherds 2,000 years ago. Just think of all the people 2,000 years ago. They weren't expecting the Messiah to be born as a baby, bringing hope, love, peace and salvation. Maybe this Christmas time we weren't expecting to hear the good news, but we have. And tonight we can choose what we want to do with that news. And hopefully we'll all go away and ponder it in our hearts. Consider the nativity story and let the unexpected Christmas come alive in us. The Christmas must-have for me this year is, yes, M&S, I'll go with that. I, I think their Prosecco caramels are a treat. But actually, the real must-have this Christmas for me is Jesus Christ. How unexpected that God would come down to reach me. Unexpected, but truly Amazing. Well, that draws our carol service to a close this evening, but I just really want to thank you for joining with us, and I hope that you will stay and join us for refreshments, for tea, coffee, mince pies, and the whole selection of different things um, at the back. We'd love you to stick around and, and just have a chat. That would be great. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this evening and thank you for this Christmas time. Lord, we thank you that you gave your son to come down to save us. Lord, we thank you that you love us And that you're for us, not against us. And Lord, I thank you that you embrace us. And this Christmas, I pray that in each of our hearts, we would really know the Emmanuel, God with us. I pray this Christmas time, that would just be in our hearts and minds. Lord, I pray that each person here this evening would have a blessed Christmas time. Lord, that we would be able to enjoy being with family and friends and just enjoy all the festivities at this time. Amen. Let me close with a Christmas blessing by Philip Stopford. May the joy of the angels, the gladness of the shepherds, the worship of the wise men, and the peace of the Christ child be yours. Be yours this Christmas. May Christ, who by his incarnation, gathered into one all things earthly, all things heavenly, and fill you with joy. Fill you with joy and peace. And the blessing of God, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelem.co.